I quit my job in marketing at the time, and I really started to think about what to do with the rest of my life. And I realized that I didn't want my legacy to be that I just helped people buy more stuff. There had to be something. Doing good has changed. It's not just for individuals or charities anymore. Like Afdal Aziz, who you just heard from, the coolest brands want their legacy to be more than just people buying stuff. Some big companies are actually building good into the way they operate. Which begs the question, why does doing social good suddenly make good business sense? From Facebook, this is Face to Face, unearthing ideas that thrive in a connected world. I'm Jules Lund. Meet Camilla Cook. She is the Chief Marketing Officer at Zinja, an independent 100% digital bank. They're an emerging neobank, aiming to disrupt the finance industry for the better. I mean, if you look at the millennial generation, they are assessing brands on their ethics and they're looking at the provenance of products and they're looking at all that stuff now. And it might be that the shift has partly come from the fact that bad behaviour was exposed. When I was a kid, you didn't question anything. Yeah. We weren't particularly worried about climate change. We didn't actually second guess the brands. I think this generation's very conscious of what these guys are up to and yeah. what they could be getting up to. And that's why they're questioning everything now. In rapidly evolving times, finding something to believe in is more important than ever. Years ago, you would have heard execs saying that doing good was someone else's problem. But now, ignoring it is actually bad for business. What people are looking for more and more as they devise any business is the social benefit they can do. And what they're finding more and more is in many verticals, there is not a conflict between social benefit and profit. And the whole notion of a for-purpose organisation has come about. And I think we're in the here and now as well. Like, bad stuff is happening. You know, climate change is real. You know, ocean plastic is real. We need to do something now. And it's got to come from people. It's got to come from corporations. Empowering corporations to make change is Chris Friel's whole shtick. He's the CEO of Unlimited, a social purpose organisation connecting media, marketing and creative industries with charities that help young people and children at risk. Social good is in his blood. If you are doing good, then inevitably that can help you in a number of ways, you know. It's kind of what my granny used to tell me when I was a kid growing up, is, you know, good things happen to good people. I think you can apply the same kind of analogy to brands. There's a lot that can come back to brands who actually operate cleverly in the purpose space. You know, not only is it attracting retaining staff and giving employee engagement, it's also driving the bottom line in a number of different brands as well. But why now? What is driving brands to act in new ethical ways? I think you've got the perfect storm as well. It's kind of, for the last few years, you've had this bottom-up push from employees demanding more and more from their employers in terms of, you know, what are we actually doing to drive social impact to do good? Well, a great example is a social impact business like Thank You Water. So they looked at the, the very simple model that they could sell products in order to raise money for a particular cause, as opposed to simply begging and asking for money, which is traditionally what we've done in charities, and that they would sell a competitive product, and then the consumer's making the choice, aren't they? They're going in and they're saying, well, actually, I can buy soap Y or water Y or water Z. Uh, in this case, I'm benefiting, and this case, I'm not. OK, well, I'll go with the one where I can help. 
Yeah, I remember this moment where I was sitting at my computer and I'm watching stories of kids who are spending, you know, half a day walking to collect water for their family. So this is Daniel Flynn, co-founder and managing director at Thank You. I remember reading about how much we spent on bottled water. Uh, in Australia, it was $600 million, globally $50 billion at the time. And I'm like, what? That's crazy. Bottled water is such a dumb product. Gosh, imagine if we could launch a brand of water and turn this kind of dumb product into something more powerful, getting water to people who need it. This thought that maybe together we could do something remarkable. The beauty of that is it naturally creates a brand affinity and a piece of brand content that is worth sharing, is worth talking about. People are going to get behind it in their droves. You can build a community of that kind of thing. Having something that feels right, that starts a conversation, is where the value sits for brands. If customers like the good you're doing, they'll get on board, provided you do it right. Well, I think if you can create an environment where purpose is at the heart of what you do, then you're creating a community of people who actually really, truly believe in you. And you've got to do that in a way that's very genuine, that's very core to your business. But if those people believe you, that's very powerful. They want to be part of your community. They want to buy your products and inevitably they're going to buy more of them. For Camilla, putting the customer first is what's driving people to be part of Zinja's community. Our founder, Eric Wilson, his father-in-law was a bank manager in a regional town. And like many bank managers at that time, he was a pillar of the community and a kindly person who guided and prompted the local families, understanding their personal situations, to make the right decisions, not to get into too much debt, to basically help them build their own futures. Looking back on his father-in-law's career, Eric found that something was missing from the banking experience of today. And he felt that it was time that that should be changed, that we actually needed to go back to that old model. What was funny was he called an old mate in London, who's actually an advisor on our board, a guy called Jason Bates, who was one of the founders of Monzo, which is the kind of poster child of neobanks in the UK. And he called him up. And Jason just said, mate, if you don't like the banks there, why don't you start your own? And so he did. According to Camilla, Zinja's different because giving back is actually built into their products. The point about Zinja is we are for profit, but also for purpose. And we see absolutely no conflict between those two ends. I think there are some distinctions here. A lot of the new social impact pieces we've seen with a lot of brands have been really an extension of good old-fashioned corporate social responsibility, which is that they are doing great things and long may that continue, but it's actually peripheral to their business. It might have a marketing benefit, but it's not actually part of their business model. Now, what's interesting is that if you take Zinja, for example, helping people make more out of their money is actually what we're doing. And that is our core purpose, but also underpins our business model. So if we don't do that, then we won't make money. Well, this is new. You can make a profit and be driven by purpose. So you don't have to be the wolf of Wall Street, focused solely on making money, but you don't have to be a philanthropist either. And in many cases, marketers are the ones leading the charge. Back to Aftel. Doing good through business has deep personal meaning for him. In 2004, he'd travelled to Sri Lanka for a family wedding 
when he woke to disaster. 30,000 fellow Sri Lankans had been killed in the devastating Boxing Day tsunami. In his grief, Afdel found himself looking for something more. He landed on a social impact consultancy, Conspiracy of Love. I know it sounds like a Barry White album. Um, (laughs) Especially if you say it in a low voice, Conspiracy of Love. At a recent Facebook event, he shared this message. It's cool to do good and it's better for business. So I'm going to take you back in time to how this all started and what we noticed. The first thing we noticed was that some of the coolest brands on the planet were also the ones doing the most good. This wasn't just limited to smaller brands either. According to Unilever's Sustainable Brands report... More than half of their growth comes from the most sustainable brands in their portfolio. In fact, last year it moved up to 70% of the growth. This is the next thing we noticed. The architects of cool were becoming activists. So anybody who had a voice in pop culture whether they were musicians or athletes or filmmakers, were suddenly using their platforms to talk about social issues really in a way that we hadn't seen since the 1960s. And the third thing we noticed was this, the rise of the new nonprofits. So these are nonprofits who are acting like startups. They were using data and technology and pop culture to raise more money faster than had ever been seen before. They were using the power of cool to do good. So we thought there was something really interesting happening at this intersection point of commerce, conscience, and culture. If you look at it through another way, what happens when you put brands who have resources and reach in a coalition with nonprofits who know how to solve a problem and culture creators who can make it cool, who can bring people in through the power of story? We think that this is the best coalition for doing good in the world that exists today. This is really the summation of everything. Know your purpose. Know why you exist as a company. Find your allies with common purpose. Think of people as citizens, not consumers. Lead with the cool and bake in the good. And finally, make sure you back up the promise with the proof. Yep, brands can't be in it to just make themselves look good. They need to get out there and actually do it. There's this theory that it has to be one or the other, and it doesn't. And why should it be? You know, if you can do both, you can have both as well. And one brand in particular is walking the walk. A great example of that was Adidas with their Pali brand of trainers. What they did is they took the plastic out of the ocean and then they used that plastic to make these the Pali brand of trainers. But it wasn't just about using plastic to make trainers. They were the coolest trainer that they'd ever made. They retailed at about 300 US dollars and they sold a million pairs within hours of launching that as well. So going into year two, I think they shifted 4 million pairs and people really buying into the concept of good is the new cool. So you're doing good and it's cool. I want a piece of that. And good for business. And great for business. What if you took a simple plastic bottle and used it to train... New shoes are 100% recyclable. Partnership between Adidas and Parley. In our oceans, but Adidas and Parley help to save our plastic-filled oceans. So what started for Adidas as one brand of shoes, by 2024, they're now going to be making all of their shoes out of recycled plastic. 
So you've got to be careful, you've got to be authentic. What you support and believe really has to come from in here. And I think you've got to be committed to that. Brands are finding many ways to do good, from taking plastic out of the ocean to paying it forward. For many, it's a lifelong mission, and sometimes that means adapting to our changing world. So Tom's in the US, who set up as a shoe store, and from the moment they set up, their mission was for every pair of shoes that they sold, they'd send a pair of shoes to people in need, children in need, women in need in developing countries. And they've kept that as their mission for a number of years now. Tom's comes from the word tomorrow. The idea that I want to create shoes for a better tomorrow. Every day we have the same routines and get caught up with the same responsibilities and demands, but we all can dream of a better tomorrow. That's Tom's founder and chief shoe giver, Blake McCoskey. He launched the company in 2006. Now, a lot of time has passed since then and the business has changed a bit, but what they stand for hasn't. Now, I was over in Los Angeles and in the Tom's headquarters, and they're now tweaking and developing their core mission. It's an interesting time for them because they're still doing that, but they've been doing that for a long time and they want to take things to the next level. They know their supporters are really passionate about ending gun violence. For Tom's, that next level is to help drive real change in that space. And so they've taken this bold decision to go completely into a world that they've never been in before, and they've committed $5 million in the initial instance to actually go out and demonstrate and advocate. They know we'll be coming, and they know that we will be loud and that we will represent the millions of people who also want our country to be safer through having gun legislation enacted that will help save lives. But stories of brands on missions to save the world don't apply to every company. Cynics might question whether it's sincere or it's just a goodwill grab. Getting that balance right is a learning process. I do think there's a difference between something that's core to a business You know, when we say for purpose, it's actually set up and it's part of its financial and a very key part of its enterprise value versus how we behave, which is a slightly different thing in the corporate world, I think. I started in advertising, okay? Some people call it the greatest waste of intelligence after chess. What was very interesting for me was that I had this naive idea and Chris might back me up here, that all the people who worked in corporate were evil and all the people who worked in charity were were good. And of course, weirdly, it didn't turn out like that. And what struck me when I went to work for charities is there was as much self-interest, backstabbing as anywhere else, that in fact, people were doing things that harmed the very cause that they were trying to promote. Essentially, everyone's the same everywhere. So if you leave it to human nature, then I think we're all up a gum tree because we'll simply repeat history. You see, I started in advertising as well and I completely disagree with (laughs) what you've just said. I believed in everything that I sold, every single last iota of it. I genuinely did and I think for me, my core values haven't changed. I'm just channeling them in a slightly different direction. So, you know, 
everything that I kind of learned and that I've developed and all of my experience is now finally found its home for me. And, you know, we're all different. I love the fact that at Unlimited, I sit still in an industry that I love, which is the media marketing and advertising industry. But I get to work with that industry to actually drive good through helping young people at risk in Australia. The industry is an amazing industry full of great people. Most people want to help. Most people want to do something good. Chris says that there's a shift that's driving social good into boardrooms and strategy meetings and P&L statements, and it's coming from the top. Well, then a year or so ago, you had, um, you know, the, the CEO of the Larry Fink, the biggest investment firm in the world, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars, actually write a letter to the top 200 CEOs and say, if you don't start doing something for social good, we're not going to invest in you anymore. Hold on. BlackRock, where Larry Fink is CEO, manages more than six trillion US dollars in assets. Only the GDPs of the US, China and Japan are worth more. That is a serious call for change. Some of the statement read, companies must benefit all of their stakeholders, including shareholders, employees, customers, and the communities in which they operate. Without a sense of purpose, no company, either public or private, can achieve its full potential. To prosper over time, every company must not only deliver financial performance, but also show how it makes a positive contribution to society. Some argue that CEOs aren't selected to be a political voice. I think that's wrong. It's part of the job. That was the game changer. So you've got this top-down, bottom-up push that's actually catapulted people into action to go, right, okay, well, what are we gonna do now? It goes back to that message of, it's all right to make money. And one of the things that really frustrates me more than anything else is this whole feeling, the word charity. The whole word charity is as if, you know, it, it, it makes you shrivel up and, you know, feel like someone's gonna rattle a tin in front of you. And why is that a bad thing? And, you know, people at charity shouldn't get paid very much. Everyone's a volunteer and they're all, you know, wearing jumpers with elbow patches on because maybe when charities first started, they were voluntary and it was personal. But as they've grown and grown and as our issues in society have grown and grown, and there's a lot of them when we step outside of the bubble that many of us live in, then we need to collectively tackle those. And we're going to do that. We need the best people. We need investment. We need people who know how to grow things, storytellers, and people who can spread that message far and wide in order to do that. Afdal Aziz says we all have the power to change the world. In fact, we can't afford not to. And as marketers, we're uniquely placed to help drive that change. The global annual spending power of millennials is $2.5 trillion, and 95% of them say they would switch brands to one that supported a good cause in an authentic, meaningful manner. That is the size of the prize. It's summed up in this quote. For them, every time they spend money, they're casting a vote for the kind of world they want to live in. Big thanks to Chris Friel, CEO of Unlimited, Camilla Cook, Chief Marketing Officer of Zinja, and Afdel Aziz, Founder and Chief Purpose Officer of Conspiracy of Love. If you like what you've heard, press play on any of our past episodes and take a listen. I'm Jules Land, and this is Face to Face from Facebook. <laughs>